ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Ball hit to left center. Marshak and the K- All right, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt the call because it's a good one. We're going to listen to it in its entirety in a minute. Jay Walker's in here. Hi. I just want to point out that when you <laughs> you if if you listen closely to the beginning, you actually do hear Brad Topham during this. You hear him go. <laughs> listen, the one zero. Swung on, a fly ball hit to left center. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just... I, I have not noticed that. He's trying so hard not to let out a, yeah! But he's just... He, all right, I'm sorry, here it is. No. Swung on, a fly ball hit to left center. Marshak. And the Cajuns win it! Brandon Talley gets it done! Let's dogpile! Everybody get on top! Louisiana is in the NCAA tournament! The Cajuns win the Sun Belt! Ho, ho, holy cow! The odds were so against them coming in! But Louisiana gets the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament! There it is, the final out for the Cajuns where they officially punched their ticket in dramatic fashion on Sunday in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Championship. Jay Walker had that call. Jay Walker, my friend, is in studio this morning with me as he is uh, each and every Tuesday. Good morning. How are you feeling? I uh, I feel ebullient. I, 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 I feel wonderful. Good. Good. It's been a long... I mean... It's, I say a long time. It's been a little while since the Cajuns have been in regional. Yeah. And, and, you know, I made the comment to somebody, uh, you know, in the, in the years that I've been doing this, this is the longest I've ever gone without going to a regional. Um, and it, I, I had forgotten what it felt like, not necessarily to win the conference tournament, but to know you're going. And then, um, you know, driving home yesterday, you know, we had the, we had the selection show on the, on the phone and, um, you know, the, where's it going to be and that sort of thing. It, it was a one, it, it, wonderful to be able to go through that again because it had been a while. Cajuns taking on TCU. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit, um, later in the show, but, um, I know for coach Matt Daggs and talking to him and, you know, all the folks, Listen, last hour heard that conversation. You know he he probably thought they would be there sooner, right? Like for him, he he came in. He's he thinks he can fix anything, which is a good quality. It can be detrimental at times, but I, I know for him, this three years probably felt like like ten to him. Yeah, 
You yeah. know? You know, I remember the 2020 season before it got shut down. We lost the first two games. I think we scored one run. And he, and he, I went down to interview him before the game, and he said, I feel like I'm letting this whole community down after two games as head coach. And, of course, that season, right as they were starting to, you know, get it all together, season got shut down. And then last year, and I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail, but Tony Robichaud once said, chemistry will make a great team average or an average team great. And they had issues on that team last year. And um, he had to go fix that, and he did at the end of the season. And what he wound up with is a bunch of guys who had tremendous chemistry. And I, I've said more than once, this is the huggingest bunch of ball players I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, they, they, they hug each other constantly. And they're all on the same page, and they're all pulling for each other. And the guys that they have in this team right now, it's not about them. It's about each other and getting it done. And they don't care how or who. And when you have that kind of chemistry... You can do great things. And, you know, it, it, it had to have been so very difficult for Matt since he got here for a lot of different reasons. And one was trying to restore the program to its previous heights. You're following a man that you say saved your life. And you want to do right by him. And at the same time, you got to do it your way. And I, I've watched for two years, you know, the fan base be really, really critical sometimes of a lot of the stuff that Matt Deggs did. And it, and quite honestly, it ticked me off. But then I stopped and I thought, and I said, you know what? If you're under the age of 40, Robe's way is the only way you know. He was here for 25 years. And so... Anytime he would do something that was different from what the fans were used to seeing, whether it was strategy or, uh, you know, uh, uh, changing people or changing the lineup every day or putting a guy in, you're saying, what the hell is he doing in the lineup? He had to go through that, too. And that's okay, because like I said, I, I don't blame the fans for that. They, they, that robe was all they knew. But now we know that Matt Deggs can win with his players playing his style of baseball. His style of baseball is very different from Tony's, and that's okay. It's totally okay. Let me illustrate the ninth inning on Sunday, okay? You get, Hood gets hit by a pitch. He decides to play hit and run, and Brock lines a single, and they got runners at the corners. Now, Julian Brock's two for seven in stolen bases this year. What does he call? He calls a double steal. Mm-hmm. He calls a double steal with Julian Brock at first base. He's not going to change how he, and, how he operates. And Brock is safe, and they tie the game. Then it's time for Vayon. He says, I'm going to pinch hit for you. Vayon says, no, you're not. I'm going to get this done right here. Now, Matt Deggs could have said, uh, excuse me, I'm coaching this team. Instead, he patted him on the back. He said, okay, go get it done. And Vayon lines went in the gap, and they win the game. Now, as a coach, first of all, you got to have big ones, okay? And on top of that, you've got to be able to read your players. 
And when a guy looks at you and says, no, you're not pinch hitting for me because I'm getting it done right here, and it just happened to be on his birthday, to be able to look at him and say, okay, go. Go Part of what it. he told him, too, he said, Coach, it's my birthday. I knew it was gonna, we were going to be in the final this day. I've envisioned this moment. And I, I asked him, said, how much, you know, how much give and take do you have with players? He said, it depends on the player, and it's something that's earned over time. But sure. Will had earned it. And, you know, and he, he said, look, he, he boxed himself into a corner. So yep. he, he knew he had to get it done, and he said he wasn't surprised when he did. So it, you know, and it was the first time that the Cajuns had won a game all year when trailing after eight innings. The night before was the first time they'd won a game scoring fewer than five runs. And so if you're going to get through a tournament like that, and you've already got three teams in that tournament that know they're going to the NCAAs, I mean, it's a good league and good teams. You're going to have to do something you hadn't done before. And Schultz did it by holding Texas State to two runs. And then the Cajuns did it on Sunday with a ninth inning rally that they hadn't done all year long. And then it happened to be that the feisty Eagles... Would not go quietly into well, the night. Loaded the bases, two outs to bring in Brandon Talley. And, um, well, then you have the call of <laughs> Tops uh, Tally, breathing and Jay's call. Talley, Friday night, had a dream that he was on the field when the last out was made and part of the dog pile. Sometimes dreams come true. It was, it, so there's there's two things here. And it's something, again, I was I was discussing a little bit with Coach Deggs in my interview last hour. Anyone that missed it will have it up for you on the website later this morning, ESPNLafayette.com. Understandably, the emotions were high. Folks from the outside could be like, man, it's a bit over-celebration for, you know, making a regional. It's like, you, you, if, if you're on the outside, I could even understand that, right? But if you, if you followed the team and you understand the significance of what Coach Deggs has been building, the significance of the number 36, all of that, right? Then you get it. But I would tell folks, don't be, like, don't be fooled in that the celebration is, man, they've, they're happy to be there. This isn't like uh, a basketball team that's going to be in the play-in game as a 16 seed that, okay, we made it to the dance. This was our goal. Um, emotions were high for different reasons on Sunday other than just we made it to a regional. They they intend to go in there and compete and win it, and, and we can get into the regional in a minute, but I've seen a little bit of that. Oh, man, they're celebrating like they just won the World Series. What's the big deal? I'm well, like, there's, you, there's, there's a backstory here. When you win a conference tournament, you always celebrate. Championships are meant to be celebrated. And, and, and I'll... I'll tell you a little story. Thursday night. I'm depressed. I was depressed. Because I was looking at Tim Perrin, Austin's dad. Five years he had invested in this program. Tim Perrin made almost every road trip. He was here every weekend. I looked at Brandon Talley, big Brandon. You know, for the last couple of years. Every trip, he's there. He's in every weekend. I looked at Danny and Vivian Brock, Julian's parents. Made two-thirds of the road trips, and would, they were in Lafayette every weekend. Now, the, and, there's, and, and Dustin and Kelly Brandon, Jonathan's parents, who had made quite a few trips over the last few years. 
and I include Julian in this because he's a draft-eligible sophomore, and, and this may be his last performance as a Cajun. I looked at them, and I said, they're not ready for this to be over. And I'm not ready for this to be over for them. Mm-hmm. And we were playing South Alabama the next day, and all bets are off when the Cajuns and Jaguars get together. Now, after the victory on Friday, I was better. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, Tim Perrin, for those folks that don't know him, he's a gregarious sort with those uh, those hometown videos. He he came. He was hilarious. He came in and started yelling and screaming during the video and said, come on, we got to get to the ballpark. Tim Perrin's an oil field salesman, okay? He uses a lot of bad language. Um, but he's a teddy bear. He's a big man. And... After the game Saturday, I saw him after the game, and he's crying. And he says, we got to get this done tomorrow. We're going to get this done tomorrow. I'm going to wear my 36 shirt, and he's a 4X. So there's a lot of 36s on that shirt. And we're going to get it done. But but he's, I mean, that big man was, he was just so emotional. And I saw him at breakfast the next morning, and he's still fighting back tears. And so, you know, if there was a great celebration after the game, it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, I, I, I went down on the field, okay, after we signed off the air, and I ugly cried for a minute. Brad said, I'll pack up, because he had already been downstairs doing the, the interview with Deggs. He said, I'll pack up, go downstairs. And so I did. I went downstairs, and I... Hugged a lot of people, and I hugged a lot of ball players, and I hugged Tim Perrin, and he's still crying. Um, those relationships, I think, that you build over the years are important. And I was just so happy for those folks that I just mentioned, plus Connor Kimple's parents who have been down here now almost a month from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Um, and... Um, uh, Sandy Wilson, uh, Jeff's mom, who was there every week. She was not, she's not a party person. Okay. But she was there every weekend and, and they get another week and sooner or later, this is going to come to an end for them, but their sons walked off the field as champions and nobody's ever going to take that away from them. Big moments. 36th win of the season. It's been well-documented It's been talked about. Um, four thirty six. All that, you know, it, it. Oh yeah, we didn't. We didn't uh, emotionally. We didn't react at all when Colleen sent that text. Right. You, you mentioned Colleen. That is coach. You know, the late coach Tony Robichaud's wife uh, sent a text to you and Brad. Said the last out was at four thirty six. Um, yeah, there's a lot of numbers connected, man, and it's it's interesting. You know, talking to Coach Deggs, fifteen to twenty eight, and if you've read his book and. He talks about his time at A&M as, as an assistant, and he's like, look, it's it's mixed feelings because those weren't the best years of my life as a, as a man, right, and and his struggles with addiction and back back then. And he said, you know, last time the Cajuns went to A&M Regional, I was there. It was 15 years ago, and I brought up Jeffrey's Tadford's catch. He said, I remember that one well, too. But um, there's there's a lot of connections here. And so now – you got UL heading to the College Station Regional, and I, I tweeted this out yesterday right after the announcement, and I said it earlier this morning. I'm, I'm glad 
LSU and La Tech and UL are all in different regionals. Um, and I'm, I'm wishing all the Louisiana schools well. I know some listeners aren't, whatever, to each your own. But for some, not all, for some fans, it would have become about that other team right. more than the regional as a whole. And right. so that's I not even... It's not even part of it, you know, right. and and I, you know, and and I'm I'm just I'm just glad I'm glad it's about this. A and M is a team that is really good. They're ahead of schedule. TCU's good. They'll play the Cajuns, um, you know, on Friday, and then you have Oral Roberts. I don't know a ton about them, uh, but it is uh, it's good to be back in the postseason. And for a program whose standard is a regional, that's the standard each year. You want to be in a regional. It's it's good they're back in it, and when you look at this regionals, wait, 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 let me tell you this, Jay. You were you were driving back, I guess, yesterday when it was announced. When you found out College Station Regional was the first thing that popped in your mind, um, that I wasn't surprised. You know, if it would have been anywhere other than College Station or Hattiesburg, I would have been surprised. So there was no surprise there. Um, I you know I look at the field and I'm going okay Texas A and M is one of the great stories in college baseball last year they didn't even qualify for the SEC tournament crazy and now they're a national seed top five national seed TCU is the regular season Big Twelve champion this is the first time that the Big Twelve champion has not hosted a regional so we know how good they are so this is a pretty rugged field. You know, Oral Roberts is the they're the, like the perennial champion in the Summit Conference, and they and 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 it, they ha, they are not a typical two and out regional team. They they're very competitive. So this is this is a difficult regional. Now I don't think there's any such thing as an easy regional. And let's face it, you could be Texas State, who got sent yeah. out to Palo Alto. That's where I was going next. How surprised were you that they got sent west to the number it's, two overall seed? And you see Santa Barbara's out there with them. That's a tough draw. Oh, my gosh. It, it, and, and it was funny because we're all sitting there um, after, after the game, and we're celebrating. And we're all talking. And, and the, the folks that I mentioned, okay, we're all there. And then Scott and Lisa Toit were there, too. Now, they're Aggies, okay? They're Texas A&M grads, okay? So, so he's, he's pumping College Station. And he said, I hope we get sent there. And I said, I don't care if we get sent to bleeping Palo Alto. We're going. And then this thing gets unveiled. And Texas State, Austin is 40 miles away. Texas State gets sent out to Palo Alto. And I I texted Brant Freeman. And he said, we're stunned. This is a brutal draw. And it is. Um. I couldn't. I was just. Uh, I I was I was stumped when I saw that. And and we, you know, you knew Georgia Southern was going to host, but boy, they have some pretty good teams in that. Yeah, point. Texas Tech and Notre Dame are there. Um, <laughs> well, you know, this it was interesting this year. Okay, with what the committee did, because geography be damned. Okay, they didn't care about geography. They cared about trying to balance the regionals. And um, some, I think, on paper, more difficult than others. I was glad that Georgia Southern, even though they lost, still got rewarded with a host site. I, I think that's that's tremendous for our league. Every year, the committee, they have the same criteria, but some years they emphasize one more than the other. Last year, it was the RPI. Everybody in the top 40 in the RPI 
was in the tournament. That wasn't the case this year. This year, it was what was your non-conference strength of schedule like? And that's why NC State is sitting at home, the biggest snub of all of them. And it's why Grand Canyon, despite an RPI of 50, Antelopes. Is, is, uh, is, in the, is in the tournament. It's why Dallas Baptist, despite stumbling down the stretch, got an at-large bid. Um, so that part of it was interesting. But, you know, usually if you're going to put together a mock bracket, geography is going to have a lot to do with mm-hmm. it. I think the, the reason the Cajuns aren't in Hattiesburg is because they played a three-game series with Southern Miss earlier in the year. I think the reason that Texas State's not in Austin is because they played them back-to-back nights during the year. I think the committee tried to stay away from um, Rematch. rematches. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the committee did that on purpose. So we'll see. You know, you know, Georgia Tech and Georgia could have been sent to Georgia Southern, but Georgia Southern played them both during the regular season. Um, Kennesaw State could have been put there, but during the regular season. Georgia now Southern playing play LSU, so I so I think they tried to stay away from that, and and I'm good with that. I'm I'm you know, um, just from an ambient standpoint. I mean, we you know we're going to be at Pete Taylor Park every other year from now on uh, at Southern Miss. I think going to College Station's cool. They had not refurbished their stadium the last time we were there, so it's going to be a brand new ballpark, and um, certainly looking forward to it, but. It was a. Um, I, I'm telling you, Sunday Sundays. That's this is a weekend I'll remember always. That's um, awesome. It was just so incredibly special. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Brather. That is Jay Walker. Phone lines. We'll open them up. Three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. Three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. Let's uh, head to the phone lines now. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Go ahead. You're on the air. I said good morning, fellas. How y'all doing? We're good. Uh, look, uh, there's so many things I can say what happened on this weekend, how great it was and everything. But, Jay, what I want to know from you is we got a we, we got a very special team, a lot of grit. I mean, that's pretty evident about that. But tell me what you think about that shortstop we got out there, uh, with the, the performance he had in that tournament. I mean, that, that, that guy there is going to be something special. I mean, he already is, but he's he got a long way to go to be a lot better. But that guy, he is very good, Jay. You know, from the, from the moment he got there, the moment's never been too big for him. And, and he has never played ball from a mental standpoint like a freshman. And he has, um, he's risen to the occasion on, you know, more than once he's played, he's played great defense all year long. He, um, but, but the moment's not too big. I mean, it, oh, is it my turn? Okay, let's go. You know, and that's been his attitude since he got there. And I love that about him. You know, I know coming from a, a great high school program, like he came from, you know, a winning with a part of his culture there. And, uh, you know, I know he took that to, over here with us, but you know, he almost kind of reminds me of a right-handed uh, uh, a Cheryl, Jesse Cheryl. You know, you just can't get him out. You know, Cheryl's always punching the ball to left field. But here comes the ball. you got two strikes on him, but he's just going to be punching the ball to right field all the time. I asked Kyle DeBarge yesterday if his approach mentally is different when it's a clutch moment, right? Does the game slow down? Is it a little different than whenever it's, you know, 
inning one of game one or week one. And he's like, no, it's the same. <laughs> you know, and I think it goes back to what Jay was saying is he's just so calm and, you know, it, it can come off like, man, he's so laid back. But there's an intense competitor oh, no, he's, underneath he's definitely that. definitely intense. Right? Yes. But it, I think it's just a, a there's a calmness to his approach to baseball, and it, it doesn't mean that it's a too cool for school thing. It's just that's his demeanor, and and that's it works for him, obviously. You know, while it don't go, I would have loved that heard, heard that whole conversation between Bayon and uh, Dave when uh, Dave told me he was going to pinch it for him. Yeah. I know we got the PG version, but for I would have loved that hear that whole conversation. So if y'all have a good day, and Jake, uh, good luck. Bring back the original, buddy. Thank you very much. You mentioned TCU. Cajuns will play them 7 o'clock Friday. Um, Big 12 is the third best conference in the country when it comes to RPI. TCU is the regular season champ, and they're not hosting. But they're really good. Their head coach will not be coaching them on Friday. I think he has to serve game two of a two-game suspension. Huh. Yeah. No, I did not know that. Kirk... Sarlus. Sarlus, former major leaguer. Spent um, many, many years as the pitching coach there. And and he, other schools have been trying to hire that guy for years. And uh, and he's always said no, he was going to stay. And then when Schlossnagel left to go to Texas A&M, you know, he was elevated to the head coaching position. Yeah. <laughs> the See, there, there, is, there are some stories behind the stories here. You know, you've got TCU and A&M. You've got the former TCU coach going against the current TCU coach. Then you've got Matt returning to College Station, uh, where he was an assistant coach for many years at A&M. So there, there are a lot of mini stories in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some moving parts here that are going to be interesting to see how they unfold. I just, you know. And, you, you know, the Cajuns are going to play TCU. And, you know, last year they came to Russo Park, and a guy named Arigetti stuck it right to him. So it's uh it's going to be an interesting weekend. And I I just think how is that going to impact the team not having their head coach in a regional and some of the, you know I I it's only the first game because they he got ejected for I don't know he went overboard but it wasn't a, a conference thing it was an NCAA thing and then they lost to Oklahoma State so he still has one more game to serve and I just know that if if coach Deggs wasn't with the Cajuns for game 1 it you can do all the preparation you want, but when it gets to end game, things are a little different. I don't. Will, will that be a storyline? Time will tell, but it's uh, it's something to keep an eye on going into this. It will be uh, it'll be a fun time, and um, I'm I'm really really looking forward to it. I maybe it's because it's the most recent one, but I don't know if I've ever been involved in a championship that's been more gratifying than this one um and like i said maybe it's because it's the well, most recent. i think I, I i could understand i mean that's part of it but it's been a while it's been it's you've been never a while. had to wait that long as as the play-by-play guy it has the backstory it's deg's first one as the head coach you didn't know you had it until the final out that's yeah. part of it it's one thing if you you know if they'd gone to texas state a few weeks ago and swept and you felt like man even if it was just a maybe, maybe the Cajuns will get in. It feels different knowing like, and, and that's the other thing I'll ask you, Jay. Is it a benefit that this team's kind of been in 
in in postseason mode for I don't know the last month because they were in that mode for a while up until Texas State and then it was now we got to win the tournament yet a few games before but it's like it it's it feels like they've been in that we got to win to advance mode for a while now yeah not yeah, just I, not just last weekend they they um yeah I agree with that I, you know I I just look you know right after the selection show. You know, what are they saying? Yeah, this was great, but... I mean, they've already turned the page. Jay hasn't turned the page. Jay's still soaking this in. Jay's still <laughs> loving every minute of this. Now, when the bell rings, the bird will fly, okay? But I, I'm... Look, I'm... Bop, 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 bop. I'm just... I'm still in celebratory mode. And I will be probably until to the end of today. And, uh, you know, I will head west tomorrow. Um... And tomorrow, and tomorrow will be a, a personal day because I'm going to go visit with my daughter in Houston. But, um, and then I'm, you know, after that, so let's go to work. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports, Scott Prather, Jay Walker. I'll just say this. Of all the places the Cajuns could have gone, I'm just glad they're not going to Knoxville. And... um there are 60 teams oh, God. that are really glad that's not the case. And I said, I said to Danny and Colin, you know, it, I said, you know, if you guys host, you're going to be the 16 seed. I said, Colin, you might get to go back to Lindsey Nelson oh. Stadium. And I'm not going to tell you how he responded because you'd lose your license. But, um, you know, those guys, of course, are very good friends of mine. Um and, you know, Danny made the comment to me a few weeks ago. He said, I hope both of us get to go. And yet, after we won that game, he he wasn't smiling. He was, I mean, that's five times in six years to go to the championship game and not win it. And uh, I said, but, dude, you're hosting a regional, okay? That's big. That's that, big. That's huge. A regional that's huge for that pro. program. But, um, you know, the one seed... Number one overall seed. It's not like it's not often that they win the whole thing, but I also think this year's number one seed feels different. I mean, Tennessee is the prohibitive favorite. It's still Miami in nineteen ninety nine, right? Uh, the last time the one I, seed I won. Yes, it's. Been, I, 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 I think. Right. I, I think it is. If Tennessee doesn't win it, that that might be the biggest upset ever. It's just that's how good they. Are. That's how they're good. They, that's how um, good they are. Tennessee, Stanford, Oregon State, Virginia Tech, Texas A and M, who. Where the Cajuns are heading, a And M, by the way, has won their last seven SEC series. Um, Miami, Oklahoma State, East Carolina, those are your top eight, nine through sixteen. Texas, UNC, Southern Miss, Louisville, Florida, Auburn, Maryland, and Georgia Southern. SEC and ACC landing four regionals. Expected it or a little surprise? No, I, I totally expected it. Some, um, some thought there might be more. Yes. Yes. Some uh, thought there might be more and feel like, well, the committee didn't want to give maybe five, and I, now, I don't buy into that. No, I don't buy into that either. I think I think the committee gave it to the people that they think earned it. And um, nine nine teams apiece overall, by the way, for each of those conferences. You know, I think that for um, some folks expected maybe Auburn not to host and Notre Dame to host instead of five and three, it's four and four. Uh, I got no issues with any of that. Because if you look, the Pac-12 got uh, Oregon State and uh, Stanford. 
And the Big 12 got Oklahoma State and Texas. So you went 4-4-2-2, and then you have four others that are that are sprinkled. Uh, you've got the Big Ten is hosting. Maryland is playing in a ballpark that was built in 1954. They're having to bring in portable bleachers and stuff. I thought they'd the, actually be seated higher, too. They, and they should have been. They're 15. I they was should like, have what? Been. They should have been a national seat. I, I thought I, they would I, be. I thought, you know, everybody talks about North Carolina State and the fact that they weren't. And, and I have to tell you, Rutgers is right there with them as far as teams that got snubbed. They did not value the Big Ten very much. Not at all. Um, not at all. So happy for John Sheff. Yeah. You know, John Sheff left Maryland because he wanted to coach in the ACC. And he took over a very difficult job in Virginia Tech. And that, that doesn't have that big baseball tradition. And he's got him as a national seed mm-hmm. this year. Um, I, You know, I think anybody who's been a Cajun fan for any length of time really appreciated John Sheff when he was here. And and I just couldn't be happier for the guy. He's just a he's a great pardon me, just a great guy. ESPN Lafayette best ticket in sports. Um ACC and SEC, nine teams in each. The Big Twelve and uh the Pac twelve got five each, and the next on the list is the Sun Belt with four. Four teams in the Sun Belt, four teams from the state of Louisiana. Southeastern punch their ticket. Right. Uh La Tech and LSU are obviously going to be in no matter what. And then you have the Cajuns. I think, I don't think Southeastern has has a shot. With respect, I think the other three have. I mean, I, I'm not saying they're the favorites, but I think they all have an opportunity to advance to supers. Well, and they, I think if you look at La Tech, a lot of people listening may not like them. They, I think they have a good. I think they have a really good chance. Jay. That's their first conference championship, conference tournament championship in over 30 years. They never won it when they were in the Sun Belt. And so they're having a special year. They're they're a very good club. I, I are they better than last year's tech team? I I'm going to stop that team short could of that. Hit like nobody's business. I'm going to I'm going to stop short of saying that they're they're as good as last year. But you know, I mean, look, Texas is good, but Texas was the fourth place team in the Big Twelve. They got the championship game, but they were the fourth place team in the Big Twelve. I don't think Louisiana Tech's going to be intimidated. You know, I think that, you know, the, the, the attitude of a lot of LSU fans that, oh, we're going to go take over that regional. Yeah, think back up, Boogaloo. All right. Southern Miss has got a great fan base. And it's not going to now. That atmosphere is going to be. Oh, no, it's, it's going to be it's great. Gonna be, it's it's going to be, be electric. And I, and I have to tell you something. You're going to face, if you're an LSU fan, you're going to face a pitching staff that's as good as any pitching staff you have faced this year if you get past Kennesaw State in the first round. And now, and the reason I say that is because Kennesaw is good. Now, LSU fans are going to total, overlook them because they couldn't spell Kennesaw if you gave them the K and the W. But good Lord, it's, <laughs> well, on. I can't spell Kennesaw. Oh, um, Jesus. But but you know they're they're going to totally overlook them. Kennesaw State's good, but. Can LSU win that regional? Absolutely. I think they can win that K-E-N-N-E-S-A-W. regional. K-E-N-N-E-S-A-W. I don't know if that's it. See, I don't either. And and no, and I don't have to know because I talk. I don't spell. <laughs> um, but I'm, you know, it, if LSU fans it. think they're going to roll into Pete Taylor Park and just say, hi, we're LSU and I we're going to show you what the SEC is all about, 
You've got Southern Miss sitting at uh, uh, okay, hide, hide and watch, guys. Because that is as out. good a pitching staff as there is in the Southeastern Conference, let alone Conference USA. Well, there are reason, it's a reason they're, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a reason Southern Miss is hosting. That's it. Um, yeah, that's going to be, there's going to be some great atmospheres across the country, man. Um, some good, strong fan bases, some traveling. But, uh, but LSU fans think they're just going to show up and get tickets. And, and, and I'm just, you know, you'll get tickets when you play Kennesaw State. But best of luck when you're playing Southern Miss. Best of luck getting tickets. That is a how rabid does, fan base. How, how, all right. How does it work with regionals as far as tickets go? I think I don't remember. I mean, I I, I remember you know in 2014 covering you know obviously the Cajuns hosting a regional. I think a super, the number. But, I think the number is 500. Okay, you have to give 500 tickets to each of the visiting schools, and they have to be located between the first and third base dugout. No, in other words, you can't stick them out in the bleachers. Right. I remember Ole Miss having one right. specific section at the Correct. Old Teague So the um, Supers. And of those, basically 75 to 100 of those are going to go to players and their families. And so then, so now you've got, you know, another 400. Um and all the rest, if the home team sells them all, belongs to them. Correct. How much does that ballpark hold? They averaged 4,500 this year. Wow. Now, they did have, for the series against Louisiana Tech, they had over 5,000 fans each time. Now, they've got a berm out there in right field that'll hold a, a whole bunch of people. What's that, a berm? A berm. What is a berm? It's it's a hill. Oh, okay, I've never. Heard, I, don't know what, I don't know what a berm is. A and berm. and um, that you know, a lot of those folks that you you buy those areas and and you you know back up your truck and you can cook out there and and do stuff and um, it'll be it'll be standing room only when uh, when Southern Miss is playing. There, that is a rabid fan base, and you know, Old Dominion was one of the. One of the first four teams left out. Southern Miss is hosting a regional. And um, one month from tomorrow, they will be members of the Sunbelt Conference. You know, you look back to the last time the Sunbelt got four in. I think it was 2014. 2013. 2013, rather. Okay. And you look at the state of it. And then I remember four years ago, you and I are like, man, what? from a baseball standpoint, this, this conference is it's gone down a lot. Now it's back up, and next year arguably is as strong as it's ever been. You know, Texas State and Georgia Southern both have a pretty heavy senior class. Um, but but you're adding Southern Miss. You're adding Southern Miss, and you're adding ODU. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's not like Georgia Southern's ever bad. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean they're always right there, mm-hmm. and. Um, now, you know, Texas State, they got to replace a lot of their slugging power, but their top two pitchers are back. They're, 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 they're Friday and Saturday starters. They're, they're going to lose a whole bunch. I mean, that's such a senior-laden team. They are. but um, That has to go to Stanford. And then, and, and I'm, you know, I'm talking with uh, Heath Hood's dad, and he says, Jay, how good is this team going to be next year? Because the only senior in the lineup is Connor Kimple. And I said, now, I said, you know, let's let's back up a, a little bit because you're probably going to lose Tyler Robertson and there's a good chance you're going to lose Julian Brock. I said, and you're losing three weekend starters. I said, so we got to go get some pitchers 
He said, yeah, but we're going to score runs, and, and I agree with him. Cajuns, Cajuns are going to be a good offensive club next year. A&M and TCU and Oral Roberts in the regional with Louisiana. By the way, I, I, can, I, can I add this? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people that have been around him know this. But for those of you that had have never have, Brian, Dr. Brian Maggard was at the game on Sunday. And I want you to know something. You talk about a guy who is absolutely a fan. It's Dr. Brian Maggard. I mean, now, now I could, I could see him from where I was, okay, and I could watch him cheer. But, you know, not, a, uh, not, not above screaming at umpires uh, from time, you know, always respectfully, of course. But you talk about a guy who was into this game on Sunday. And when, uh, when I went down on the field um, after we signed off the air, I saw him and it was like he came over and, and we bear hugged each other. And he, the man is a fan. In addition to being an ambassador for the school, he's a fan. And I love that about him. I just love that about him. On the broadcast, Brad's like, there's a very, very nervous Dr. Brian Maggard pacing down in the stands right now. I'll I'll tell you, to watch uh, Heath Hood's dad, okay, he's standing by himself uh, in in a row where there's nobody sitting. And he's doing, somebody said the Leo Mazzoni imitation, but actually Robe was a rocker too. And so he's just like standing there rocking back and forth the entire game. Tim Perrin is sitting on the far end of the dugout. Then he's sitting behind the dugout. And then he's sitting up by himself. And he's crying the whole game. Okay, he's crying the whole game. And it, it, was, it was great to watch from, from our perch watching some of our fans and how they were getting through this game. And um, I was just so happy for them at the end, man. Just so happy for our fans that were there, especially the parents. Sports are special, man. Sports are special. Yep. They're bigger than sports. Jay Walker, Brad Topham will have the calls this weekend. You can hear them on Newstalk 96.5 KPEL, powered by Learfield on the Rage Occasion Sports Network, beginning with uh, 7 o'clock Friday night against TCU. 6.30 on the radio. Who will be without their coach for that game, Kirk Sarlos, who will be serving uh, the second game of a two-game suspension. Uh, and then from there, I, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen the rest of the schedule. I know it's all, at, you know, yeah, winner I or think loser or who does this or that. I Is wanted, it one and seven each day? No, no, no. I think there are three games on Saturday. Um, I could be wrong on that. I don't know. I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't even looked beyond I Friday yet. I haven't been to a regional in six years. I forgot. Uh, that's going to do it for the great Scott show. Uh, Jay, man, it's great seeing you. I'm uh, happy for you and everybody that enjoyed the weekend. Uh, enjoy College Station as well, and we'll talk to you next week, either about the season that was or a super regional, and I'm sure we'll talk about both regardless and all that and more and have TTT as well. In the meantime, man, uh, safe travels this week. Appreciate Enjoy it. Enjoy the time with your daughter and 
We'll talk to you soon. Go Cajuns. All right. Uh, tomorrow on the show, I know I will have a uh, an interview with Coach Anthony Babineau, assistant coach. We'll chat with him. And uh, a number of other things happening as well. Working on a couple of interviews, trying to get some perspective from some opposing teams and other outlooks from some other schools. Participate in NCAA regionals. That's all coming your way tomorrow on the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. The Dan Patrick Show is next.